What if, as we're sitting and suffering, God has actually given us a way to find peace in the midst? I was so excited a few months ago when my friend Orlando came up to me and said, Hey man, I need to be on your podcast. I've known Orlando for several years, both as an amazing guy, but also as an amazing musician, I am son. God has blessed him with the amazing gift to create music that cuts right down to your soul. And in this conversation, you'll find that those songs are more than just notes and lyrics. Those songs, Orlando's babies as he puts it, are actually the ways that God has brought peace in the midst for Orlando. God's been revealing to him that he has given him gifts that he can then use to process his situation, to process his suffering, to process his questions. And though he doesn't always find the answers he wanted, he finds the answer that he really needed, that God is always with him. And God is always with you. So if right now you feel like you're sitting in suffering and want a way to navigate that, I believe Orlando's conversation will encourage you. You're listening to episode 126 of the Where Did You See God podcast. Father God, I just want to thank you that you are God and you are good. And I just thank you for the long friendship that Orlando and I have had and just this unique space that we get to connect in a different way than usual. And right now, we just want to give this conversation to you. You're the one who prompted it. You're the one that made a space for us to do it. And we want it to be your words and not ours. So guide our thoughts, guide our words. If there's anything that you want us to sit in for a little bit, pray that you would guide us in that. Pray that in all this, you would be glorified and honored because we know that you are a God who could do abundantly more. Let's pray in his holy and precious name. Amen. Amen. So Orlando, you and I go way back. I was really excited when you came up to me and told me, hey, I won't be on your podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Because I just love you, Orlando. And most of our interaction, though, is silly interactions, like the whole discography that I've (laughs) created for your mystery albums. But what I love is as much as I know about you, I don't know where this conversation is going to go. Yeah. And so I'm excited about that. But before we jump in, for people listening, what do you want them to know about who you are before we get into this conversation? So I am very passionate about my people. When I say my people, Black people, I am very passionate about mental health, very passionate about music, and very passionate about Jesus. So I try to like find those intersections and merge them and see what I can create and produce and live out those things that piques my interest. I'm also very random, very random and weird and goofy. But on the other end of the extreme, I can be very deep, very introspective, very reflective, very introverted. So some people may not see either side, you know, just depending on the day. I, I kind of live in those two extremes. So Yeah. 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 And I feel like I get to see both because I see your posts, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I also <laughs> listen to your music. Yeah, yeah. And your music has a profound depth to it, especially just released a song. And the subtitle of it is Song for Anxiety. And it's just this, man, powerful experience, right? Yeah. Just sitting in this calm. Yeah. And actually, that's what really prompted this conversation because you had reached out before, but I'd listened to it. I was inspired, encouraged by your song. I commented on it. And then you said, it's time to record. And so tell me more about what God was doing within you that prompted you to reach out, what God's been putting on your mind. Yeah, these songs are like my babies, right? So it's so funny because I feel like God speaks through certain situations in our lives. 
So I had a dog named Maya. She was pregnant and she had like seven babies. She became this anxious dog, right? And my mother or anybody that would try to get close to that dog to help her, like kind of care for her baby, she would just snap at him, snap at him, snap at him, and just like bark at him. And we were scared of her. And one by one, those babies begin to die, you know, mm-hmm. those puppies begin to die. Reflecting in that, I feel like that's how I felt about my music, you know, just like I care about them so much because they come from a very intimate place. They come from a very deep place, you know what I mean? And they're vulnerable. They're very transparent, you know. Sometimes I just hold on to them because I love them so much. And if they're not received well, if they're not, you know what I mean? If they don't do as well, yeah, you know what I mean? I can get into this kind of analysis paralysis stage and like mm-hmm. hold on to a song for three years, you know. So, you know, I released a song knowing that I have to put this stuff out in the world. I feel peace with it and I feel peace with knowing that people connect with it as well. So, yeah, I I just want to be able to be on platforms to just talk about these songs and talk about where they come from, knowing that it's doing good, uh, not only for people, but for myself as well. You know, you've got this specific song about anxiety, but you have a lot that go into deep things. Mm-hmm. Just this reality of you're trying to take what's going on inside mm-hmm. and put it out for you, yeah. putting it out into like lyrics and music. Mm-hmm. But then you have this in-between space where you don't really want <laughs> to put it out there, like you said, because you don't know how people are going to receive it. You don't know if they're going to understand it. Yeah. And so I've got a couple thoughts going in my mind, but on the front end, how have you gotten yourself to a place where you're willing to get it out of your head or what prompts you to go from ruminating thoughts to pen on paper? Yeah. So a lady had spoke into my life years ago. I was traveling with Urban Exology. She had told me, Lando, these songs are for your healing too. You sing these songs for people, but these songs are going to be for your healing. So I think that in the recent years, as I find more language to better you know, articulate what's going on, like with my mental health and emotional health, and my health in general, I cling to the fact that God has given me a gift to make music, to create music, to write songs, mm-hmm. you know, and they're not just songs, they're prayers, they're tears, they're doubt, <laughs> they're, they're everything. And I just kind of filter it through this gift that God gives me. And somehow, some way I find peace. Even if it's a song about me questioning him, because mm-hmm. he's giving me like this relationship with creativity where it's just like, I can see him when I'm expressing myself, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think that I found a good relationship with taking everything that I'm thinking about and I'm processing and at some point letting music be one of the vehicles that I can express that type of stuff to. And then like, I'm a student to music. I like to do things in excellence. I'm a nerd when it comes to that kind of stuff. So just being able to have this content, all these feelings, and then express it through the thing that I'm passionate about, that I'm, I geek out at, about as well. I've, mm-hmm. I've kind of found my rhythm and find joy in that. What's really cool about what you just shared, too, is like I feel like we often fall into one or two camps when it comes to healing and when it comes to navigating hard things. Yeah. On one end, we could be very internal. Yeah. Like we could focus really just on ourselves and our own healing. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, we can get to a place where we neglect ourselves and really look out for others. Yeah. And God's invited you into a space where both are happening. Mm-hmm. Through your music, it was spoken into you that there is an internal healing that gets to happen for you as you process through it. Yeah. And then there's an external healing that happens for others as they listen and they feel seen and feel heard because they're like, man. I am son gets me. He's with me right in this space. And I just think that's a really cool way of 
really capturing something that we're all invited to. Like we're all invited to live in this tension of not neglecting ourselves and not neglecting others. Yeah. And I love that. But here's what's crazy. You talked earlier about how you've got these two sides of you. Mm-hmm. You've got the serious side and the goofy side, and there are people that don't know the other exists. Mm-hmm. And that can create a hard space because there are people that may only know the goofy Lando <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and have no idea that you might be in a space of sitting and suffering. Yeah. <laughs> that you might be struggling. Oh, yeah. What's that been like? Yeah, man. That's a good question. That can be hard sometimes because I think that for the goofy side, I have to, you know, kind of question my motives and my intentions. <laughs> sometimes I'm just random for random sake. But I think that sometimes it can be a defense mechanism, mm-hmm. you know, or sometimes it could be people pleasing. Yeah. And uh, on the other end, you know, sometimes you just don't want to be a burden yeah. to people. I'm an Enneagram four, so I can go to the deep places. And sometimes you just don't want to be too much for people. So mm-hmm. what I try to do through social media is I have like close friend section, you know, so in my close friend section, I like to invite people like, hey, if you want to be part of my close friends, please, you know, you're more than welcome. And I will journal every day or I will put my thoughts or like just laying down foundation so people know like where my music comes from. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I like to invite people in those spaces if they want to come, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then like on the surface level, yeah, I may post something about how God's dealing with me or like mental health stuff every now and then. But I try to have the more kind of lighthearted side of thing on the surface level with my social media. So I try to create space for both. And for people that wants to go deeper, I make that. But I think people can tell by my music that there's a deeper side of Landa. Mm-hmm. When you've got this hard thing, too, in that. You know, there are plenty of people in the world kind of just do their own thing that are in their own place. And the only people that really see and interact with them are those close to them. Yeah. But God's invited you to a place where when you're literally on a stage, you're literally in a spotlight sometimes. Like there are people who know not only that you exist, Mm -hmm. but are watching you and following you. Yeah. And you still have to navigate life. You can't just disappear necessarily when you're asking those questions about God, when you're wrestling with anxiety, when all these things are happening. And so, man, how do you navigate that space? Yeah, man, I've fallen in love. So I go to an Anglican church. I work here full time. And one thing that I've learned is just the habit of doing things, the practice of coming to God, Mm. knowing that. This practice, these habits are forming me. You know what I mean? Even when my mind and my heart are wrestling, if my body can come to the table and do the same thing that I've been doing for months and months, you know what I mean? It's just like, it's almost like my body helps posture my heart in my mind. You know what I mean? So it's just like, I've found success in health and just the habit of coming to the table every morning or, you know, the habit of coming to church every Sunday, even when I don't feel like it, even when my mind is wandering, even when my heart is wrestling, you know, I found peace in knowing that my body helps in posturing these things, you know, that's been a big help. As I've stated, Enneagram four. So there's a temptation to only do things when I feel like it, (laughs) to only create when I feel like it. That's not a sustainable way to live. If I'm going to wait for inspiration, then that's not going to help me. That's not going to help me grow. So I think I found goodness in the habit of even when I don't feel like it. Like songwriting. 
you can either wait to the once in the blue moon moments where you find that inspiration to write a song or you can continue to practice it. You know what I mean? So you can come and write bad songs, Yeah. you know, and after a while, like you can pull one good thing from that bad song and then another good thing from another bad song and then put those two together and have a good song. Yeah. Well, and also, you know, you're in a unique place, too, because you're not just trying to write songs from yourself, but you're also trying to be a conduit to whatever God may want to say through your music. Yeah. And here's the tricky piece with that. We have a tendency of believing that if we're creating things for God, that it has to be polished and happy and good. Yeah. And for a Christian musician, that's the temptation is the yeah. let me do the like positive anthem. But you mentioned that you know, you've written songs where you have questions about God yeah. and there could be a fear of if I put that out there, yeah. are people going to question me, question my faith? Am I questioning my faith in writing this? And yeah. that may very well be the song that God wants to speak through you because a listener may be questioning God in the same way exactly. and now doesn't feel alone in that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's beautiful. Like when you can find that kind of deeper knowing that you can come to God with whatever you have, Mm -hmm. I've practiced that, you know, and I, I kind of relate more and more to like the song songwriters, you know, it's almost like they're bipolar, <laughs> you know, like, oh, you know they'd be talking about like, I want you to kill my enemies or, you know, just struggling with these very depressive, very anxious thoughts. Mm -hmm. But then like a few verses down, like, yet you are holy, yet I find you to be my rescue. Like, you know what I mean? So it's like, I resonate with that a lot. And I think I use that in my songwriting process and just my life in general. Yeah. Well, and speaking of anxious thoughts, earlier you mentioned that one of the spaces in which God is pressing you is advocating around mental health. Mm -hmm. Why is that one of the things that God's really put in your heart? Yeah, as I'm educating myself and I'm learning the language for myself, I want to be able to be as open, as transparent with my journey as possible. And now that I see that, oh, like other people can connect with this, other people can relate to that. They give me a little bit of fuel. So, but I, I just like to start with me and just my education and just learning what it takes for me to be healthy holistically. Yeah. I like to share that with people. I like to share what I'm learning. God has given me music and artistry and songwriting to help cope with my life, help express myself, help with my prayers to him. And I want other people to find that thing. Yeah. What is that space for you? You know what I mean? Whatever it takes for you to have healthy practices, healthy mental practices, emotional practices, relational, like Whatever it takes, I want them to at least start thinking about these things. And sharing your personal journey is a hard thing. And, and it even has degrees. Like you talked about your close friend group. There's probably a lot more that you get into there, depth yeah. and details yeah. that you wouldn't necessarily in other places. Yeah. I like to just open the daily practice, the daily practice of journaling. I like to show people, hey, guys, this is what I'm doing every day, you know, to kind of slow down and to kind of center myself. And it's been very helpful in many ways. It slows me down. It helps me to just get out my thoughts, my anxious thoughts. But also it helps me to articulate better. Like it helps me to write good songs. So it's just like <laughs> when you take a moment to just word vomit on a paper, it just so many benefits to it with my walk. And I just kind of like to show that to people in hopes that they will take time, whether they're journaling, whether they're meditating, whether they're reading, take time to slow down. Yeah. You know what I mean? Take time to just be with God, be with yourself. That's very important. Like when we're in God's presence, God reveals like who we are. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And out of that, we can live our lives out of that identity. And that identity is children of God. Yeah. So I think that, you know, the more that we can be aware of that and the more that we can create space to posture ourselves to become aware of that, because we're forgetful people. Mm -hmm. We need these constant reminders. 
the more that we can slow down and not live out of hurry or rush and just kind of just meet with God, you know, even when we don't feel like it, I think that that'll be better for our health holistically. Yeah. But even like with when I'm struggling, I'll write things like, I don't want to be here today. Mm-hmm. I'm doubting today. I'm struggling with God. It's almost like a journey because I'll jot something down. And then further along the page, you'll see that turn is like, yet yeah, you're holy, <laughs> you know, yet. Yeah. Or, you know, I'll jot something down and then I'll read a devotion or something and you'll see a shift. It doesn't always start off as like everything is awesome or I have so much joy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes it starts off with anxiety or a depressive episode, but I don't end there. Yeah. It's so important. Like what you're doing is so important because there are stigmas around mental health. There are stigmas around anxiety and depression. We act like there's only a couple people that wrestle with those things and it's probably because of them or something's wrong with them or this that, and the other. But one thing that I've learned just in life and in relationships, but really learned through the healing series that I did and the sitting and suffering series is a lot of people that are navigating mental health things, whether it's to an extreme degree or whether it's through like this simple, hard to diagnose degree. And as long as we aren't talking about it, as long as we're not actually navigating, here's some simple ways when you're feeling low to just journal it down. Just like As long as we aren't doing that, yeah. then we could actually end up perpetuating yeah. these things. We could actually end up pushing others or ourselves deeper into anxiety or depression or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. And I do want to say I am no way a mental health professional, and I always make it a thing to make that clear to people, but I do value sharing my experiences. Mm-hmm. I at least want to facilitate the conversation, like do the work to educate yourself with what helps you. Yeah. Some people like to jog and that's, I hate jogging. <laughs> I cannot jog. You know what I mean? But that helps people, you know, with their mental health. I want to facilitate the conversation, like what is going to help you think about this stuff and, yeah. you know. I want you to start your journey of becoming healthy holistically. Yeah. Just like we were talking about how we have this stigma around putting a song out that isn't just positive. God is great. God is good. Mm -hmm. We also have this idea about our lives in general. The other thing that I've been noticing in this season specifically around sitting and suffering is we have this tendency to feel like seasons of suffering, seasons of hardship mm-hmm. are bad and things to be avoided. Yeah. And then it can be hard to know what to do when we can't seem to get out of it or God doesn't take it away. For me, I think that I've put so much emphasis on answers. You know, whenever I'm going through a season where I'm grieving or lamenting and just wanting the answer now so that everything's going to be better. Mm-hmm. One thing that I'm finding is just like God's presence in the midst of suffering. Yeah. Just feeling that oh, I'm going through this, but he's here with me. He relates to me even more now because I know that he was a suffering God. You know what I mean? He understands everything that I'm going through. My favorite scripture is in Hebrews 4. It's just like, he's a high priest that understands our weaknesses, you know? So we can come to him and throw in the grace and receive mercy and strength. Yeah, I think it shows through our relationships as well. Like There was a time in college when I was just going through and my parents made a surprise visit. And just their presence, they didn't have to say anything, like just their presence. Mm -hmm. I felt strength, you know what I mean? I was still going through the things that I was going through, but I love how God just reveals himself through people. And I think that my relationship with God's presence is changing as well. It's not so much that I need this thing to change now, but it's just like, Lord, I want to know that you're here with me. You know, that's better than the answer. That's better than (laughs) just to know that you're here with me. So I try to carry that. 
suffering is suffering. So mm-hmm. we're always going to suffer. But just to know that we have that presence with him, that gives me peace and joy. Even with times on stage and stuff, I try to tap into that emotion because he's given me the gift of music. I have a good relationship with my heart where I can express myself through playing piano. So nobody else may even know <laughs> what I'm going through. But mm-hmm. I find my peace. I find strength. I find rest. Mm-hmm. Even if it's just for that moment, I'm very grateful for that outlet. I'm with you on the God's presence piece. And in fact, that's the theme that we find throughout the Psalms that you mentioned is that they could be in the worst of situations and then they acknowledge God's presence. I think it's worth naming the opposite. The thing that we're not always saying is that when we aren't holding on to the reality of his presence, Mm -hmm. we're assuming that God's not here. Mm -hmm. Like we assume if suffering exists, God can't exist in that same place. But that's not what you're saying. Like what you're saying is, no, actually suffering can exist and God can be in that environment as well. Because really, that can be our biggest issue is that we are longing for his presence. And the reason we're not feeling it is because we're assuming that he's not there. Yeah. Because I could not go through this hard thing and God still be here. He can't be good if he is allowing me to hurt. So God's not here. Where are you, God? But if our mind shifts to know, actually, he is here with us. He is present. He is present with me in this hardest moment. Then we might be able to see and notice things that we wouldn't have before. That was one of the most meaningful visuals that God gave me in a particularly hard season is for years, I felt like I had fallen into this deep pit and I couldn't get out. I could not find a way out. People weren't helping me out. People were blaming me for being in the pit. And the whole time I'm like, God, I want to be with you. I trust in you to help me to get out of this pit so that I can be with you. Mm -hmm. I remember this one particular moment where the visual God gave me was as my eyes adjusted to the darkness, I could see around me a little more and a little more and a little more. And the first thing I noticed is my futile claw marks on the wall, me trying to get out of this pit. But the second thing I noticed is I turned and there was Jesus just sitting on the floor of the pit. And he had been there the whole time. And so this whole time that I'm like trying to get out of here, Jesus just calmly sitting there. Yeah. If I had focused less on exhausting myself trying to escape and focus more on actually looking for him, he wasn't hiding from me. I would have been able to recognize him and then sit with him in that bit. And that's actually what I started to do. It's like you said, you know, your parents didn't fix the things that were going around, but it was just their presence did something, created something. You are no longer alone. You are no longer by yourself. And after that moment that God showed me that Jesus was with me, things didn't get better. They actually got worse in some ways, but I was in a better place because at the end of the day, God's telling us that he's enough, Mm -hmm. but we don't actually believe it. But when we have those moments where we actually do believe he's enough, the world can still be falling apart around us and we're content because we're like, all of this could just fade. Yeah. But I've got God and he's enough and he's good. He reminds us of the eternal hope mm-hmm. like in the now. You know what I mean? It's just like, you can literally do anything to me. <laughs> you know, but I have a hope that's greater than that. I can't explain. <laughs> you know what I mean? I may not even feel the joy or I may not even feel happy, but it's something that when you can relate to Jesus in his suffering, through his suffering, he shows you the hope. Why? Because it's like he's with you, you know, and he's going to walk you through it. So mm-hmm. understanding that gives you the capacity to connect and be present with other people that are suffering as well. Yeah. So it's like suffering will kind of open your eyes to not just your individualistic faith or way you begin to see others and mm-hmm. you want to be with them just like Jesus was with you. Yeah. 
And so for you, like we've said, God's been taking you on this journey of learning more and more who he is, learning more about his presence, learning more about things you're navigating, whether it's anxiety or depression or whatever it is. And one of the ways he's invited you to process that is through writing these songs. So when you think of this idea of God inviting you to process your own journey and who he is through song, Mm -hmm. is there a song that you've written that really captures that well, that captures this process for you of getting thoughts out of your mind onto paper and then it becomes meaningful and then maybe it even becomes meaningful to others? I think a lot of my songs do that. My most recent song is always with me. My processing behind this song is I wanted a song for the day. I wanted a song that, you know, if I was struggling with morning anxiety or if I was struggling with like a sleepless night, I wanted to create the soundtrack for that. The first line is, I can make it through the day with you with me on the way. In my heart and mind, you stay. I can make it through the day When you're with me on the way in my heart mind you stay it's literally captures you know the idea of me wanting to put god's presence in a song for something outside of sunday morning it can be sang in church on sunday but the purpose of it is for you know you're you're stressed out on your job and i want people to listen to this song knowing that it came out of anxiety it came out of me needing something so I'm glad that people connect with it as well. But there's other songs. I, I wrote a song called Birds. Mm-hmm. And that was a song where I was just struggling. A lot of people try to like over-spiritualize the song. But it was about a breakup. <laughs> it was about me wanting to get away from pain. I did this thing called object writing when I was in school, where I would just take an object and give it like five senses. And there happened to be a bird out the window. <laughs> so I wrote about the bird, but you know, I just kind of, poured all of my pain and wanting to escape from that pain into that song. It's something about that creative process that I felt peace afterwards. Most of my songs do that. It starts with a concept. It starts with maybe a feeling. I'm just wanting to, you know, express it. And I think sometimes music can express what words can't. Yeah. I mean, I think I love all your songs. There's a lot of your songs that I love. I mean, <laughs> Easy to Love was the theme of the Front Porch and video series that I did years back. Right? So like I've, a lot of the songs I love, but I think one of my favorite ones is the uh, studio video version of Birds. Oh, yeah. Let it get, oh, man, it's got the groove in that. Oh, yeah. oh man, I love it. And I think that a lot of times when we have these conversations, we talk about the anxious emotions or like being sad or depressed, but joy is a part of it too. (laughs) You know, and that's something I have to remind myself. There's going to be a day when my song will be joy and I want to be ready for that. Mm -hmm. And I have, I, I have written songs about joy, but that's very much a part of it. Like don't just stay in these like melancholic emotions, you know, when there's joy present, pay attention to it. Mm -hmm. And in the same way that you try to pull from these depressive episodes, try to pull from these moments of joy and excitement and capture that because we need those songs too. Somebody told me that it's God that changes the seasons, you know? Mm -hmm. I think we try to force things like joy and happiness and it can't be forced. Mm -hmm. I think when we are present and we sit through things in God's presence, he'll lead us to wherever he, he takes us. Yeah. And like, so when God leads us to joy, it's real. <laughs> like it's, it's real. Yeah. You can't force this. Everything is awesome kind of emotion. Yeah. It, it won't work. <laughs> 
even that bird song does capture that in a beautiful way because you're right. We can land on extremes. We can feel like in a bad situation, the only way to feel joyful is to force it mm-hmm. or to feign it or pretend like the bad thing didn't happen. Yeah. But what I love is one, there is a version of that song that has more of a groove that is more upbeat and right. Somebody <laughs> listened to it just like, oh man, this is a song about birds. And they yeah. don't even realize it's a song about a breakup, right? Yeah. But you know, you wrote that song. Yeah. You know what that song's about. And you could have done that song in such a way that every time you play it, you just start weeping at the piano, right? (laughs) But in the video, you're smiling. And so this is what's beautiful. And the Psalms demonstrate this well as well, that they are simultaneously in these hard places and simultaneously content and sometimes even joyful about the presence of God. They're living in this tension that shouldn't be able to exist. You should only be able to be happy or sad, but you can't be simultaneously living in both those spaces. But this is what we're invited into is to believe that God can create a pathway for us where we can both be aware of and maybe even sitting in suffering while also being, as Paul said, content in all situations. But the only way we get there is by continuing to step forward, as you've been describing, whether it's just writing down my thoughts. I don't even want to write today. I don't know what I think about God today or putting in the music or processing with friends. Like we continue to step believing that there is a God that knows that is with us. And then as we come to more and more spaces where the hardships are behind us or the hardships aren't as heavy or the hardships aren't as scary, we're like, oh, Whereas a month ago, I thought the world was ending. Now I know the world isn't ending. It's still hard, but I don't have that same daunting, crushing feeling. Yeah, it's so good, man. And I think that I encourage people, and I have to do this more myself, just go back and read those things, man, Mm. because that'll be your strength. I just think that it's maturity when you can get to the point of, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's just like acknowledging these motions, you know, and instead of trying to hide them from God, bring it to him. You know what I mean? It's definitely a mystery and it's definitely a lot of tension and it's definitely hard, a lot of suffering. But underneath all of that, you know, knowing God is present with us in everything that gives us a joy that's unspeakable. Yeah. And it's worth naming just directly. We've said it in many ways, but it's worth naming directly. Mm -hmm. It's okay. When you have those moments or seasons where you are just low, 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 Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that you are messed up Mm -hmm. or less than or that you aren't trusting God. Mm -hmm. Because, again, the psalmist, they hit some low places. (laughs) And like, there's so many people in scripture that like had those. But like, uh, where is it? Elijah or Elisha, one of them. Mm We're like, just just kill me now, <laughs> like basically, yeah. right? But the key was that even though they had no idea where they were stepping or how they were going to step or didn't even have the desire to step, they stepped nonetheless towards God, even if it was a very weak, timid step. Yeah. And that's the invitation, right? Like if you're feeling the feelings you're feeling, mm-hmm. cool. But can you still just get a toe forward? Yeah. And then let's just keep on doing. Not feign happiness, not pretend it's not there and not try to just, like you said, just stay in that space, but being honest about what that space is and where you are in the midst of it and what capacity you do or don't have. And then just take a little step forward from that space. Yeah. It's so good, man. See it as a victory. If you can, Mm -hmm. any step towards God is a victory. (laughs) Even if it's just crying out, that's all you can do from your bed. God hears that. Even sometimes in his grace, he'll meet you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's just, it's a beautiful thing, but it just shows you like the partnership that you have with God. You know, he's just so faithful. Yeah. That seeing the victory piece is really good because if we're honest 
in our minds, victory is my situation is fixed. I'm happy. Yeah. I have a full understanding of God. And as long as that is our metric for victory, we are never going to feel like we're close to victory. Yeah. <laughs> like We're going to feel in the throes of defeat all the time. Yeah. But I think you're right. If we actually have a right understanding of victory and one of those being any movement towards God, no matter how small or timid, then boom, like we can feel victory on days that we do not look or feel victorious. Exactly. Yeah. That's so good, man. One thing that has been very helpful to me, I think human nature defaults to shame. We want to beat ourselves, up, mm -hmm. especially as Christians. But I think that the more that we can remind ourselves that God has open arms, mm -hmm. just come, just meet him, just come, no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, no matter if you haven't been productive today, you can always just come, mm -hmm. <laughs> just come to me. Yeah. And I, that's something that I have to tell myself often, just like, just come to me, you know? Yeah. Sometimes we just carry the shame or we feel bad because we haven't done this practice or we feel bad about our sins. But if we can just get there, mm -hmm. just get there, you know, yeah. he meets us there. And uh, it's been so good for my mental health, that practice. That's good. Well, as we close out, I have a few questions. And the first one is this. Let's say that there's someone listening mm -hmm. that is in a similar place as you've been and maybe your lowest, heaviest moments. What would you want to say to that person right now? Yeah, you are not alone. You are not alone. I think the enemy wants to make you feel like you're alone. He wants to make you feel like you're a burden, and that you're too much. I want you to hear me and know that you are not alone. God's with you. And I just would encourage you, if you have friends, if you have family, if you have people that you can just reach out, you may not even have to tell them everything that's going on. But just like Jesus's presence sometimes is enough. I think sometimes just a walk in a park with a friend mm -hmm. can be enough. It's very important to not isolate yourself, to reach out to people, to ask people to pray for you, whatever it is. I think that the more that you feel that you have a surrounding of people, the more that you'll feel God's presence as well. And uh, the more you'll know that you're not alone. So I think that's one thing. Find out what works for you. You know, educate yourself. There may be moments in your life where you're happy, you know, use those moments to your advantage to educate yourself. So, you know, like when there comes a time when you're in your low state, you'll be ready. Okay, this is what I can do when I'm in my depressive episode or when I'm feeling anxious. These are practices. Yeah, use the moments and just educate yourself. Find the language. Do whatever you can to educate yourself and find out what works for you to be a holistic, healthy person. One thing I want to emphasize that you said is that you are not a burden. Yeah. It's interesting when I've asked this question, maybe every time, at least most of the times, people have emphasized that one piece. You are not alone. Yeah. Find someone. And it's true. But the thing that can keep us from believing that or doing that is that sense that we are a burden. You talked about it earlier. It's like, sometimes I joke because I don't want to be a burden to other people. Yeah. And it's so true. Yeah. We will not reach out and open up because we don't want to burden others. Yeah. But I think that is worth reiterating over and over and over is that if someone's in that place, you are not a burden. Yeah. You are not a burden. And you're definitely not a burden to God. Yeah. You will never be a burden to God. He can handle whatever you got to throw at him. Yeah. A part of this journey is receiving love. Mm. A lot of times we kind of just shut ourselves off to people because we think we're unlovable. But I think that a part of this journey in God's love is receiving love, you know, yeah. so let people be a part of your life. There's people that literally wants to be with you. Mm. But I think it's the enemy's trick that makes you think that you're unlovable. 
I remember my breakup. So that happened maybe 10 years ago. I had people in my life that literally just let me sleep on their couches, mm. invited me to their home so that I won't be alone. You know what I mean? That came from me just being transparent and open about what I was going through. So just never be afraid to reach out to someone because you're not alone. Yeah. For anyone listening that's thinking, man, I love what Lando's saying. I want to hear more of his music or I want to connect with him. How can people connect with what you're doing? Yeah. So you can follow me on all social media platforms. I am Sun Music. I'm very open and transparent on my social media platforms. And also just listen to my music. You can find me, I am Sun, one word on all music platforms. Feel free to reach out to me. I'm at the point where I can actually respond to people. (laughs) Yeah, I'd love to just hear your thoughts on my music. And I'd love to be a support. And if you have any questions about my music or whatever, I'd love to talk about it because this stuff is very important to me. And my final question is, as we go, is there anything else that's on your heart that you want to share? Another thing that has been a big part of my mental health journey is accountability. So every week I meet with four brothers and we FaceTime and we just encourage each other. We speak in each other. We talk about our losses. We talk about our wins and we come up with plans on like, okay, how are we going to execute this next week? Just to have people in your life that can speak into you pour into you, hold you accountable, can call you out, (laughs) you know what I mean, can challenge you. I think that's very big. You know, what I'm currently working on is just the physical side of it. So like getting up and going to the gym, eating better, you know, Uh, instead of of Cracker Barrel pancakes this morning, I had broccoli. (laughs) (laughs) Broccoli for breakfast. Broccoli and eggs. <laughs> I'm still figuring it out, but I think that it's all connected, you know. So if you have like unhealthy habits of what you're feeding yourself, if you're not, you know, going outside to get some sun or like exercising, that plays so much in your mental health as well. So I think that the more you have good practices of like, you know, the physical stuff, the more energy you'll have to support yourself mentally, emotionally, in all the ways. I can make it through the day. When you're with me on the way In my heart and mind you'll stay I can make it through the night When I'm clinging to your light You will make the darkness bright For you are Always, always with me for you are always, always with me. When the angel came to Mary, and told her that she was going to give birth to the Son of God, even though she was a virgin, it upended everything. And even though Mary had resolved in her heart to do God's will, there had to be elements where it felt like she was sitting and suffering. After all, because she was young and unmarried, becoming pregnant would set her up for gossip, accusations, or even being ostracized. So how did Mary find peace in the midst? Well, we see it in a few ways in Scripture, and it reflects a lot of what we heard from Orlando. First and foremost, she sought God, and she stepped in faith and obedience. Second, as Orlando mentioned, she engaged in community. Shortly after hearing from the angel, she hurried to visit with Elizabeth. 
and found incredible encouragement. And a third way that Mary found peace in the midst is what Orlando has demonstrated so beautifully in this conversation. Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 46, calls it Mary's song. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. See, Mary had a lot to process. What she was experiencing, no one in human history had experienced before. What she was experiencing being pregnant, even though she was a virgin, made no sense in her mind. And all she had to go off was trusting that God was real and at work. She knew something miraculous was happening, but she had no idea exactly what was ahead. So she took her thoughts and she put them out there. The psalmists do it in the same way. As they're wrestling with their realities, their hardships, with their understanding of God, they took their thoughts and they put them out there. Orlando's songs have been so valuable to him for his own growth, health, and thriving, but they have also become something valuable for others. Maybe God's inviting you to the same. As those ruminating thoughts dance around in your mind, what could it look like to put them out there? Maybe you don't feel like a musician. Well, the good news is, as Orlando shared, it doesn't matter how bad the song is because that's not the point. Maybe writing is your thing. Maybe poetry or spoken word. I want to encourage you to find some way to take those thoughts out of your head and put them out there. And again, you don't have to share these with others, but be sensitive to those moments that God might be inviting you to share, because he may be trying to do something beyond just your healing. He may want to use your words, your thoughts, your processing to encourage someone who is also sitting in the midst of suffering, who is longing to find peace in the midst. Because the reality is, as you process those thoughts, God is with you. He is always with you, and he desires to walk with you on this journey. Your processing can allow you to remember that he's always with you and could encourage someone else to know the same. So take those thoughts, put them out there, and ask yourself, where did you see God? Have you ever wanted to read Revelation but haven't known where to start? Or have you been afraid to read Revelation because of all the ways you've seen it misused? Or maybe you haven't even wanted to touch Revelation, but feel like maybe you should, since it's part of the Bible. Well, if you're in any of these positions or any other ones, I've got a resource for you. It's called A Journey Through Revelation for the Person Who Doesn't Want to Read Revelation. And here's the thing. The hope for this resource is that it makes the exploration of who God is and what revelation can mean for you accessible, whatever you believe. And this will not be your normal revelation study. It's not going to dive into the historic representations of the imagery or expertly decipher the prophecies. The goal of this is not to tell you what revelation means. It's to explore what it can mean for you. Now, this thing is available for you right now in a few forms. One, you could go to www.wheredidyouseegod.com revelation, and you can find a PDF for free, which you can read on your phone, on your device, or print out. 
But if you like something that's a little nicer looking, it is also available through Amazon on Kindle and in paperback form. And I prefer paperback, whether you print it or you get the one on Amazon, because this gives you a place to write some things out because you're going to want a place to write things out. Because I really do believe that God wants to speak to you through Revelation, whatever you feel about Revelation, whatever your experience and whatever you think about God. So if you're interested, get it for free, get it for a very, very, very low price. This is not about making money, but about us together exploring how we can see God in the midst of such a difficult and controversial book. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the Where Did You See God podcast. And I would love for your stories to be a part of it as well. So there are a number of ways that you can do that. You can check out our Facebook page at Where Did You See God podcast. You can go to anchor.fm slash Where Did You See God, or you can leave a brief voice message at 804-372-3836. I would love to hear your stories. And if the stories you've heard have encouraged you, uh, think of someone else who could be encouraged as well and share it with them. The music you've been listening to is You'll Walk, You'll Run by Urban Doxology. They are a solid group and you will love listening to the rest of the music. So check them out. And as always, as you go through your day, ask yourself, where did you see God?